0: Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers with whatever writing ailments you might have.
1: Whether it's related to your craft or your career, we can help.
0: Are you ready for your session?
1: The The doctors doctors are are in. in. Roshni! Hey, Tom Have you ever been one of those murder uh, been to one of those murder mystery
0: dinners? I actually have. It was really bizarre and it didn't quite go off the way it was supposed to but I think in theory it was fun. Uh, well today we have
1: the creators of a who done It movie with us a movie called Who Dun Dun, Dun It the movie uh, a very funny tongue-in-cheek super meta take on the genre and we have writer director Thomas Tulak and sound mixer composer um, and also our good friend Adam Pineless here. Hi guys
2: hi
1: hey. welcome welcome hey. Okay. Yeah. yeah i'm really excited to talk to you about this because I I, I I read you guys are posting online that you won a couple awards already for who done 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 it uh it won the best narrative film and best ensemble cast at the Indie Eye film awards congratulations
2: that's correct
1: yes thank you so thank much you. so yeah it's always great when somebody we've uh, we've known adam for years um and we see something they're working on and they've they're you know getting recognized for their great work. It's always great to have them on the show. And Thomas, you're you're new to the show, so welcome.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, first uh, let's get the you know elephant in the room out of the way. You actually started as a child star. That's kind of like the first Hollywood career you had. And then you skipped a, a while, and then you started writing and producing. Um, but just so everyone knows,
2: you were one of the Lost Boys in Hook
1: Spielberg's Hook, right?
2: That is correct. Yes, I was the uh, the youngest one. I was actually the one that uh, I spit out the candle and yelled, good night, Neverland.
1: There you go. So get that out of the way. If you want to talk about it, you can. But we want to talk about your, your current stuff. So we just want to get that out of the way. But you did you did start your career in Hollywood very young. And is that mm-hmm. what drove you to want to become a filmmaker later?
2: Uh, yeah, you could say that. Um, I, I started young because uh, I had that drive to... Uh, at that age to get in and start acting. But it was while I was on set of Hook working with, uh, you know, Steven Spielberg, Robin Williams, uh, who I didn't know at the time, but came to know while I was on set. It was while working with them that I kind of decided, even at that age, six and seven years old, that I was going to dedicate my life to telling stories, making movies and making people laugh.
1: I mean yeah at at that age what kid knows the director of any movie right
2: <laughs> for sure yeah
1: I, I don't know many kids that age who are like oh i think the cinematography was excellent you know <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah for sure yeah i had yeah i had no idea uh you know who i was working with or i came to learn in in the years after why everyone kept making such a big deal about what i was doing but at the time yeah i was just you know having fun
1: so then uh, years go by, uh, you are a grown adult and you're an actor and a writer and a producer. And mm-hmm. uh, then you came up with the idea for a a super in uh, whodunit genre film. And uh, can you talk about how, how that came around and then how you and Adam started to work on it together?
2: Yeah, sure. So it was, uh, let's see, 2000, it was 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. And I, um, so I have uh, younger siblings who are uh, there's a there's a 17 year age gap between myself and them, and so I was over at my father's house and I was uh, showing my younger siblings one of my all time favorite movies, which was Clue. They had never seen it. So watching it with them for the first time, which is always a joy, watching your favorite movie with someone who's never seen it before, especially when they're siblings, and you can, you know, get them into it as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm driving home after the movie, and I'm driving out of my father's uh, neighborhood, which is a, you know, it's a it's a middle class suburban neighborhood, and I start thinking about Clue and the murder mystery genre at all, and I start thinking how funny would it be if we took what is the stereotypical dinner party murder mystery and we took it out of that world and put it in this world, you know, instead of a big 18 bedroom mansion in the middle of nowhere, it's a regular three bedroom house in a middle-class suburban neighborhood. And instead of, you know, it taking place in the past where no one has, you know, a phone or anything and it's it's in present day and everyone has a phone but there's always a reason they can't use their phones to call for help and even though the neighbor's right next door there's always a reason they can't just go to the neighbor and ask for help and so that idea of taking this this uh very genre specific trope and then flipping it around on its head and making fun of it like that that was the initial spark that I just could not get out of my head. I thought at the time this is like this is could be has potential to be really really funny, right? Because that brings this world into a world that more people are familiar with, uh, and so that was the initial spark to it. And then um, I went and made a a, uh, a short film proof of concept version of it that uh, played in some festivals and won some awards. And it was always the intent to take that and. Turn it into a feature, and so uh, how I hooked up with Adam, it was around that time where I uh, got cast in a short film called The Recipe, which was uh, a comedy film about two warring mafia families that were fighting over a secret cannoli recipe. Um, and I was an actor on that film, and Adam was—I believe, Adam, you were the the. Uh,
3: I was the art director on that one.
2: Art director, yes. And so that's how I met Adam. Uh, And so we kind of, you know, hung out on that set and we got on and, and, uh, this figure, we realized that we had a lot in common as far as this world. And so when, when I set out to make the short film, I came to Adam because I knew that he did art direction and I needed art direction for my short film. Uh, so I came to him and he stepped on and helped with that. And so, you know fast forward a couple of years and we've both adam and myself done a few other things and now i'm ready to make the feature film you started my short film that's right you started my
3: short film troubleshooting yeah he was one of the main characters
2: Mm -hmm. uh so yeah so adam and i kind of you know kept in touch and helped each other out over the years and so when i set out to uh move move on production on the feature version of who done Dun Dun it uh yeah it felt like you know the right call to just call him in and and get his help working on this too and so uh i wrote and and directed it and then adam was my assistant director
3: i also want to that say is- like um I, I was always really impressed with Tom. Like I, I've always been doing my own projects and he's always been doing his own projects and he's just always pushing forward and pushing the envelope and very ambitious with what he does. And I've always really had a lot of respect and appreciation for him in that. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I really liked uh, what one great example that everyone should go watch is the saber. Um, he can tell you more about that, but I know that's not exactly the focus on this conversation, but it was uh, a star Wars Uh, film and it's awesome (laughs) yeah
2: the saber was a uh, yeah it was a star wars fan film um which uh you know the same same kind of thing where i wanted to take the the world that is that world essentially in this case star wars and bring it into the world that we're all familiar with so with that it was just a 20 minute short film but with that project what what i did is i took uh star wars which takes place in uh, another galaxy very far away and in, in essentially in the past right a, a long time ago in a galaxy far far away um and i moved it so that it it takes place in that same world but fast forward through time and then move here and now we are in the future of that world and we are here on earth uh and so like the jedi are. uh out the jedi are extinct use of the forces outlawed uh, the empire won and as has reached out past their their universe and is now here trying to conquer earth and that's where that sh- short film uh goes so i have taking the same thing where i'm taking that genre and i'm bringing it into our world there so that was uh <laughs> that is up on my youtube channel now actually so yeah that was, thanks for that adam that was really sweet
0: Oh, that's no, it's cool. true though.
3: I mean, it's very awesome. They did a great job with it with that's all cool. of Tom's projects. Huh. Though.
0: Oh, thank you. <laughs> so that makes sense that you like doing that kind of, I don't even know if it's like gender flopping or whatever kind of <laughs> genre had, bending, genre, genre switching. Well, <laughs> yeah. Genre switching. Yeah. It's funny too, because I was actually saying to uh, Tom, not, uh, Tom, the director, but Tom, my Mm co-host off uh, podcast, I was like, yeah, you know, this reminds me a lot of like Clue or Airplane. It's kind of got that like, you know, you know what I'm saying? That kind of not even tongue in cheek, but very Mm -hmm. like just kind of over the top humor, you know? And I was like, oh, I wondered what the inspiration was. So that's interesting. You say Clue.
2: Oh, very much. I'm so happy that you picked up on that and that it went there because very much the comedic inspiration is the from the comedies that I grew up on, which is all the great comedies from the eighties and the early nineties, mm. which I, I kind of always felt have a very different comedic tone to the more modern comedies that we're getting recently. Yes. It's a very different style of comedy. And and those are the yes. those are the like Clue, you know, Monty Python, Spaceballs, Wayne's World. Those are the kinds of comedies that I grew up on and that I love. So I tried to make who done, done, done it, a similar kind of comedy that I would enjoy watching.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> so now here's a discussion for both of you. Cause one thing we noticed is that like, because it is so tongue in cheek and you're like, you're kind of skirting, breaking the fourth wall. You're like, here's the fourth wall. Let me nudge it. Mm-hmm. The, the characters are even reacting to the music. It's like the music is its own character. <laughs> so how yeah. did you guys work together on that part cuz usually people don't they usually compose after the film is done but since they're reacting to reacting to the music mm. how did that work together for you guys
2: <laughs> so uh the the characters in who done done it are very much aware that they are characters in a movie uh and that's kind of the whole underlying thing that keeps the movie together in that we've all seen the who done it story it's you know, it's, it's been done and you've seen one, you've seen them all. So if you're going to do one, how are you going to do one differently to keep people interested? And the way we did that is exactly this. It's, it's self-aware, it's meta. They know they're making a movie. In fact, one of the characters in the movie is the director of the movie. And when we did the short film, I actually played myself as the director in the movie while I was directing it. So, um, and so to, to answer the question, we knew coming in that it was going to be it's like because the movie is called Who Dun 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 it. So the we knew coming in they were going to play off of that kind of dramatic accent. And so as I wrote the script, I knew where the accents were going to fall and we knew what the accents were going to be. And so all of the actors knew, OK, when you say this, we're going to hear dun dun dun. And so just react like you're hearing it. And then, so they would play out the scene. They'd get to that point, and then they would pause, as if they were hearing, giving room for the music to play. And then they would kind of just look around the room, as if there was music playing and they couldn't find where it was coming from. And then we just put it in in post, and you know, edit so that it works. And because and, it, it helps knowing coming into it that that's what you're gonna do, so you can, you know, adequately prepare. <laughs>
1: There's one point at which one actor comes into the scene and he's like, "Did I miss the music?" <laughs> yes, yes. He was like, he was like, "Oh, I missed the music. Oh no!" Like it was a big <laughs> thing for him.
2: Yeah, he's he's, a, he's, he's, the, he's that character gets very uh, excited by the things that are happening, and so he's he he's the one that enjoys when the accent happens, and so when he's out of the room when it happens and comes in, he, yeah yeah that was a, that was a fun moment for me it gets kind
1: of confusing because it gets a little almost inception-esque. You're in a, a murder mystery dinner that of course becomes a murder, but then there's like another layer of a murder on top of a murder. And then you start talking about we're in a movie and we're not just filming a movie. We're in a movie and, and things like that. How did,
2: how did you keep it all straight? (laughs) so it was in my head uh it was very much a matter of i'm gonna worry less about keeping it straight and just provide an entertaining journey you know at the the very end one of the characters says the journey is more important than the destination and to me that kind of sums up the whole movie like let's just go on the ride that the movie takes us on have the fun the movie is providing and worry less about keeping it straight and, and plotting. Yes, there's a plot and that's important and all that, but you know, my, my focus is more on just having fun. And I I feel like not enough movies lately allow for the audience to just have fun. And so that was kind of my, you know, battle cry from the very beginning. Let's just, let's just make a fun movie and let's just have a good time with what we're doing here you know the, the world is in a state right now where there's a lot of world suck happening and not enough fun and not enough happy so let's make a movie with a plot and all of that but then let's just have fun with
3: it based on what tom just said also like i um there was a lot, you know, from an assistant directing perspective, there was a lot of characters that we were following and needing to know where they go and where they're sitting and all this stuff. Like, and Tom being a writer and director was so valuable Uh, because it's his story it's his vision but because he had also written it he really knew the fine nuances of every little scene every little thing a character would say and sometimes I would see something and like suggest something like we got to use this this is so good and he'd be like no that can't fit because of this and I'd be like ah damn he's right you know Um, (laughs) um, that happened a lot Uh, but another thing too that was interesting was you know being an outsider reading his script for the first time was because there's so many characters um because and as tom told me well when you have a lot you have to have a lot of characters because when they start dying there have to be people left that are suspects and that's a a (laughs) truth of the genre you know Mm -hmm. Um, and i found that like yeah that was very eye-opening because i had never written a murder mystery so (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: that actually is interesting because it i was gonna say I, i one thing i was wondering about is the production because there are a lot of characters and it's in a relatively confined space. And I'm guessing you were filming at some point during, you said like maybe a year into the pandemic, you, you, you mm. produced it. Uh, did you kind of put everybody in a bubble and film it like over a weekend? Or how did you do that? <laughs> cause, cause you have so many characters and so many scenes, you have to constantly be juggling who's in what scene. It'd be mm-hmm. hard to do that if you were kind of
2: piecemealing it. Oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, what we did is we, we were actually ready to move on production uh, basically when the pandemic first hit. Uh, and we ended up uh, pushing it back to, uh, su- we were going to go summer 2020. Uh, but as we all know, like, what was going to be two weeks turned into two months, then six, eight, whatever. And so we were kind of ready to go as soon as the pandemic will let us go. Um, And then that we ended up having to push it off for over a year. And so while we were ready to roll summer 2020, we ended up not being able to actually start rolling until fall 21. And by that point, um, the pandemic was still on, but it was still it, it was kind of at the tail end where we could get up and go and do things as long as we had negative tests and we had the masks and all that. So. What we did is is uh, we kind of filmed sparingly, you know, two or three days a week over the course of two and a half months, and every time we came to set, again, for another batch of shoot days, we uh, everybody had to take a test and provide us with proof of a negative test. And if someone either didn't have a test or, or had a positive test, which thankfully never happened, but if that did end up happening then we would you know have to adjust and not bring them to set because everyone you know safety is obviously the most important thing and you know making this movie while it's something we all want to do was never worth anybody's health. and so if there was ever a point where somebody had not done not taken a test or tested positive then we would have postponed thankfully that didn't end up happening and we were able to uh Come to set and film. We just had everyone who was not on camera was wearing a COVID mask the whole time, and we were trying to keep you know social distance as much as possible. Uh, unless the actors were you know on camera at the same time and in the scene, which happened happens throughout the movie. But unless the camera was on you, then we're wearing a mask and we're separating and we're you know following the covid protocols as best we can like our 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 food was in prepackaged uh separate things like we had um, uh one of the actors is also in the medical field and so they signed on to be our uh covid compliance officer to kind of help to make sure that everything we did was uh in uh w- was up to par with covid compliance standards and so uh he was able to help us make sure that everybody was completely safe the whole time.
3: One other thing that I remember, I wasn't part of the process during this, but um, Tom, you had to recast some roles between your original cast and when we mm-hmm. went forward with the feature a year later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well that, you know, that um, when we first did it back in 2016,
2: the short film, yeah, a lot of the cast from that had moved on. So we cast the feature and we're ready to go in uh, 2020. But then as we're, we had to push it back over a year because of COVID, by the time we were actually able, able to start, yeah, um, it had been a year, so with, with zero movement. So it makes sense that there were some uh, actors who had moved on and were no longer available. And so uh, we did, um, I don't remember off the top of my head which characters, but there were some characters we had to recast real quick. Uh, yeah, and then we, we brought on some lovely people and very talented casting. I could not have asked for a, a better cast and crew. Like the, I feel like the reason that this film works is because we have such a great cast who all just dove into their roles. Um, and, and as you said earlier, yeah, there, there are a lot of them. There are 16 characters that we're following. Um, but part of the reason for that is, like you said, uh, half of them die. And when half of them die, there still has to be enough survivors that we still don't know who the killer is. Like, if there were six and four of them die, well, we know that one of the last two is the killer, right? So, process of elimination. And so, uh, and that was one of the things you know I noticed about Clue. Oh, even before I set out to write this, is that Clue has six or eight characters, um, w- but everyone who dies there, a lot of people die, but they're all side characters that show up for one scene and then die versus in, in, in this, in It, what I wanted to do was get, have characters who we're getting to know, you know, they are main characters that we're following and then they die. So they don't just show up for one scene and then, and then die. Like they're there the whole time until they die. So what's funny is um, because there were so many characters I set up early on, because um, the first probably 15, 20 minutes of the film, we are in you know the dining room. And so I set up early on a seating chart as to who's going to sit where at that table. And as I progress, even now, even up till, till today, whenever I have to recall the characters and the actors even if i like make a post on social media and i want to tag people i'll just recall the seating chart in my mind start on one end of the table and just work my way around the table because i could remember i still haven't memorized yeah me too (laughs)
3: um one one question i have for tom about writing and i hope you guys don't mind me asking him really quick um Mm -hmm. oh go for it um writing yourself into a script is a really unique thing. Um I have, you know, tried to write stand up on my own and and I feel like I can come up with jokes but I just don't find myself interesting enough even though I know I'm doing lots of stuff all the time so mm-hmm. hopefully someone would. But like how do you wrap your mind around writing a version of you for the film, you know? Like that's to me really interesting.
2: <laughs> so um what I what I kind of did with that is I kind of just played with because the whole film plays on, you know, genre stereotypes. And so, kind of what I did was instead of, you know, writing this character as me, I I instead I kind of just wrote a generic stereotypical director that is the kind of stereotypical director that you would think about. Like like if if someone were to mention to you, you know, classic Hollywood director stereotype The image that you get in your mind, that's kind of what I wanted the character to be. And then I just called them Thomas Tulak and said they were directing this film and, you know, and then let them play with the idea that they're there trying to make this film and their character in the film and everything is going off script and falling apart and not going to plan. And now you got to be that nervous, stereotypical director that's just trying to keep everything together as it's falling apart. But because like there is a very specific. Uh, a cliche director that pops into your head when you say that. And in, in my head, it was, uh, I, I picture, you know, he's, he's got, uh, what do you call that kind of has like a golf hat and he's got like tan pants, maybe a scarf and maybe, uh, a, uh, a, a riding like horse riding boots that in the puffy pants that are puffed on like above the knee kind of thing and an ascot maybe. And he's, he's carrying, uh, One of those, uh, what do you call it, the bullhorn things he can talk through. And, you know, there's a very typical, and I I tried to pull back from the comedic, like over the top comedic, but play into that stereotype as much. So I kind of just did that rather than making it specific to me. Because if I had done that, it would have been a very different character. You know, it would have been, you know, t shirt and jeans and, you know, everything's chill (laughs) rather than over the
1: top. You have some really great characters, actually. You have. I love the names of the characters. You have uh, you have uh, two characters, uh, Bonnie and Kevin, generic, mm-hmm. and then <laughs> uh, and then I like um Mr. Uh, Randy Dumb, Mr. Random. <laughs> yes, that was funny. That was and there's a whole you you really played that joke along. That was a great you you mm-hmm. you uh, you got your money's worth <laughs> out of that one, Mr. Random. Yeah, was wind. that just a fun part?
2: Oh, yeah. Coming up with the names was great. In fact, really, when I went to name the character Rand I, uh I had already named a bunch of the other characters. I already named the generic headmaster, the generic little boy, you know, and uh, Darren Tugess and all of the other characters. And then I, I needed a name for this one character. And I was just like, I don't know, I'll just name him something random. That's it. <laughs> it was very much like that. And then I'm so glad that I did that too, because I think one of my favorite sequences in the film is when they discover Rand's dead body, and they have that whole like, uh, "How'd you kill Rand? Who's you know?" That whole "Rand, see Rand, run" kind of, kind of sequence that just keeps going, and it's it's uh, it makes me smile every time I even think about it. And that that whole thing this is one of my favorite scenes. Got my get my mileage out of that name as much as I can. Yeah.
1: So what's your, what's your plan for the film? Um, It's, it's in the festival circuit now. I think it's probably mm-hmm. doing great there. It's, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely a movie for movie fans. People who love movies will <laughs> love the jokes in it and stuff. It's very really funny. It's again, it's very meta. Uh, so what are you, what's your goal for the film? And then uh, what else are you working
2: on going forward? Well, I, I feel definitely that this film is best enjoyed with an audience with a group of people you know this is not the kind of film whose first viewing should be at home alone on your couch you know this is the kind of film that even if it even if you're not going to see it with you know 200 people in a theater at least see it with a group of friends together hanging out having a good time like this is a an a group kind of film for sure and then on your second viewing Go back and, you know, watch it uh, you know, that at home, you know, because when you're by yourself, you're going to catch a lot of things you didn't catch the first time around. Um, that being said. This isn't a film you're going to laugh at. <laughs>
1: The jokes are funny, but you're laughing at the film too. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's the impolite laughing, but it's funny that you're doing that. Yes.
2: yes, yes. And I love that. And I love even when you're laughing at the film instead of with the film, that's my favorite thing. Like trying to get that, uh, that laugh. I'm very aware that the laugh is coming and where and how and why and all that. But uh, to answer your question. So it is going to premiere at Kevin Smith's Castle Film Festival in December. Mm. Um, and we are waiting to hear back from a number of other film festivals. I don't want to say which ones just yet because I haven't heard back from them just yet. But um, I'm going to go, I'm going to attend Kevin Smith's festival and I'm going to be uh, trying to acquire uh, distribution through that festival. Um, and then if I'm unable to do it at that festival, then I'm going to be uh, trying to procure distribution through other means. Uh, I'm going to be reaching out to a couple of uh, other distribution companies who I've had a little bit of contact with. Uh, the ultimate goal here being, of course, distribution. Um, and then if I am still unable to acquire distribution after uh, bringing, my plan is to bring some value to the film through the festivals. And so, uh, e- eventually I'll, I'll end up taking it to uh, American Film Market AFM if I haven't done like that's kind of my third step if I haven't got it to where I need to be yet um, so you know there is some festivals coming and then ultimately working toward distribution I do have some contact with some distribution companies I can't I don't want to say which ones or who or what just yet but for sure for what sure I,
3: I would what I would add is um if anyone is listening and you work for a distributor and you would like to watch our film, reach out to Thomas. Um, he <laughs> will hook you up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, com <laughs> is your website, right?
3: Yeah, that is
2: thomastulock.com dot com is my personal website that yeah, I kind of that one's kind of just used for business. Um, uh, so I, I you know, if if I'm trying to connect with other filmmakers and, and work on things together or you know, promote my, cause I, I'm, I also do freelance work. And so if I'm trying to promote my freelance work, then I'll send people to thomastulock.com. Um, but aside from that, if you just kind of want to see like the, the, the work that myself and my team have done, we have easily amused group.com, which we kind of look at as sort of our production company site are basically our little Netflix, like <laughs> for what we've, for my, myself and my team, uh, there's, there's quite a bit of stuff on there that, uh, you know, we had put up and it's kind of like our little streaming thing. So those are the two websites that, we're, that I'm kind of pushing. Uh, and if you go to easilyamusedgroup.com, you're going to land on a page that's specifically dedicated to who done 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 it. And it'll have the trailer, the posters, it'll have a little eight minute preview scenes uh, uh, taken right out of the film. And basically all the information where you can follow the film is right there.
1: Great. Well, good luck with the film. I enjoyed, I got, I am lucky because I got to see the screener. So it was a lot of
0: fun. Yeah.
1: Um, But yeah, look for them in festivals and, uh, and then event, hopefully we'll see you online on some streamer at some point. And uh, Adam, where can people find you if they want to find you?
3: um i'm instagram at adam pineless um also adampineless.com has a lot of my like my score reel and some audio engineering work i've done some various other projects um yeah that sounds thank you guys
1: <laughs> all those links and stuff will be in the show notes so people can
2: find the trailer and find the websites too. yeah so. for sure
3: i was just gonna put my instagram handle out there
2: too is at tn Tula. all right
1: got it cool well thanks so much for coming on the show and uh, we'll see everybody next time